Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. I'm having a rustle. Oh, we know we're not in, are we? I think we're on, yeah. Oh, are we on? We're on, yeah, yeah. No, we're rustling. Very mixed messages this week, Ed. Oh, because you come on. You, you sent me a long article on a practical guide to quitting your smartphone. Yeah, and then for the rest of the week, in rapid succession, you were sending many, many, many articles about Taylor Swift and Donald Trump. And I thought this is not a man who's quitting his smartphone. No, I know. What did you think about the quitting your smartphone? I thought it was the best quitting your smartphone article I've read. Yes, it was. Um, about companies who are giving employees flip phones, old-fashioned flip phones. I thought it was a totally ridiculous article to send to you because you would just be sort of, what are you on about? Well, I'm happy with my relationship Exactly, with my exactly, exactly. But what did you think of the articles about Taylor Swift? This is such a bananas story. <laughs> it's so mad. So just, just to bring people up to date on it, if, if they're not yeah. um, already... So, so this started as a conspiracy theory on Twitter, right? Did it start on Twitter? I think so. And, and yeah. then it's been yeah. picked up by pundits and commentators uh, on the right in the States. So, so the theory goes that the playoffs for the Super Bowl have been rigged so that Kansas City reached the final. And this is the team that Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, is that his name? Yes. Um, he plays for. And, and the... the the theory goes that the Democrats have engineered this so that Taylor Swift can come out at half time and endorse Biden. Yeah, I mean, but it is sort of, I've been sort of explaining this to people and it sounds like, oh, well, that's just some mad person sitting in their vest on on Twitter, but it, but it really isn't. You know, Vivek Ramaswamy, who was the presidential candidate, said, I wonder who's going to win the tweeted. I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month. And I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially propped up couple, couple this fall. Pro-Trump broadcaster Mike Crispy led off on Sunday, claiming that this is from The New York Times, claiming that the National Football League is rigged in order to spread Democrat propaganda, calling it now. 
he wrote, Casey wins, goes to Super Bowl, Swift comes out at the halftime show and endorses Joe Biden with Kelsey at midfield. Other detractors of Miss Swifting among Trump's biggest fans include one of his lawyers, Alina Haber. It just goes on and on and on. I mean, joking aside, it just makes me think this is kind of really, really, I mean, it's just a ba- very, very bad sign about, well, about America, I suppose. It's really weird, isn't it? Because some of these people are grown-ups and are they not thinking, you, you don't think this makes us look a bit insane, do you? You don't think the average voter <laughs> might think that we've we've gone absolutely insane? Uh, and then he, Mr. Ramaswamy said his Super Bowl, again for the New York Times, conjecture was dead serious. What your kind of people call conspiracies, conspiracy theories I simply call it an amalgam of collective incentives hiding in plain sight, he said. I mean, it's not as catchy as the phrase conspiracy theory. The White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, stoked speculation still more by invoking the Hatch Act, which prohibits political actions by civil servants, and declined to answer whether Mr Biden would be appearing with Miss Swift. Anyway, presumably these people can't, Vivek Ramaswamy can't really believe this, can he? You wouldn't have thought so. So why, why do you think... Taylor Swift gets under their skin in a way that other celebrities don't. Well, 279 million Instagram followers. Well, of, of course, she's about the biggest star in the world at the moment, but, but there are plenty she of endorsed, others. She endorsed a... In fact, this was on the documentary about her, which I read, the Miss Americana documentary, which is actually rather good. Um, she endorsed uh, in 2018, She for the first time she endorsed two Democrats in Tennessee. And I think that started to drive them a bit mad. But am I right in thinking at least one of those didn't win? Correct. So the Taylor Swift effect might be overstated. Yeah, but I was hearing on Pod Save America, I mean, she is this, and and I was looking at some polling. uh, There's some polling by something called Echelon Strategies from last year. And you can see why the Republicans are sort of worried because she's liked by, I mean, well, this is the discussion to have, really, but she's incredibly popular, including among Republicans. Right. So a lot of the celebrities who endorse Democratic candidates are generally what might be perceived as part of the liberal elite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas maybe the right see her as one of their own. Well, I'm not even sure that, but I mean, I think it's just, isn't it just narrow electoral interests, which is that they're worried she's they're tr- they're trying to sort of preemptively stop her or nullify her ability to have an effect. But I'm I'm just really unclear. You think she's not going to have an effect? Well, I think the Swifties are a force to be reckoned with, and you don't want to get on the wrong side of them. But I don't know if that translates into I mean, people changing their mind of what, it's about kind who of, they're going to vote. It's kind. Of, I mean, she did do some voter registration thing, but it, I didn't think it was sort of massive. I mean, well, I, I saw that. So she's got 280 million Instagram followers, and she did a registered for vote thing, and 35,000 people, which is so impressive and such a great thing for democracy. Is that a lot of people? Though? Well, it's on one doesn't hand, seem that I didn't well, see that is, many this people. This is the thing, isn't it? I think it's more people than would be registering for, to vote uh, on an ordinary day, but by by many multiples. But in terms of um, her following. It's it's an eight thousandth of the people that follow her, so zero point one two five percent. Well, that's pretty impressive math. But then also, a lot of those people are all get, already going to be registered to vote anyway, and a lot of them probably aren't going to be US based. And there's some Newsweek poll which I think said eighteen percent of people are more likely to vote for a candidate endorsed by Taylor Swift, and then sixteen percent are less likely. 
<laughs> yeah, well, this is a really interesting thing, isn't it? Because if you ever read articles about the effect of celebrities endorsing politicians, it's um, it can be a real mixed bag. I mean, yeah, she's actually, sorry, it was 17%. So basically, it's almost exactly the same, unless, I mean... <laughs> Well, you can't really tell that. It's a very, it's a kind of bad poll, isn't it? Yeah, I've, I've seen different things. I've seen um, the thing that can make a difference is that if the famous person is connected with issues. So because, say, for example, George Clooney does a lot of humanitarian work, his opinion, it yeah. seems, carries more yeah. weight. So if you're connected with issues, perhaps, which Taylor Swift, actually, a, a lot of what she's done rather than endorse particular candidates um, has been spoken out about issues to do with women. I mean, do you think if you're a young person in the US, though, and you're not that engaged in politics, maybe you're a non-turnout voter. I mean, maybe you're not trying to decide between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, but you're thinking you're not going to bother. And she says, look, it's really important you do vote for Joe Biden. Would yes. that, could that have an effect? Yes, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? That, that That's where it feels the most interesting. What does it do for people who weren't already going to vote? And that's what those, those 35,000... Are, yeah, presumably. Although that is a low number, as you said. Actually, you know, I heard also on Pod, Pod Save America, I do listen to other podcasts, uh, that they were saying that the reason this whole Taylor Swift thing came about, well, part of it, what gave it legs, was that the, there was a New York Times story about what the a Biden re-election plan was, and it mentioned Taylor Swift. And that in turn came because they were interviewing people for some social media role working for Biden, and they had to say to the candidates, please stop saying Biden needs the endorsement of Taylor Swift in your application. We've got that point. <laughs> because so many people kept saying he just needs the endorsement of Taylor Swift. But what's interesting is in 2020, um, she came out for Biden. So the, the, she did, I think, an Instagram post. I think post. in quite a low-key way, but, but though. She had a, um, a tray of cookies that she'd baked with Biden 2020. Really? Yeah, yeah. Are you I you yes. sure that's not fake news? Oh, really? Well, I don't know. She had a tray of cookies that she'd baked for Biden. I mean, not, for, not for him to eat. I don't think she thought, oh, that, that guy looks like he could do with a bit of sustenance. That guy <laughs> looks, looks like, like he's going to keel over. That guy looks like he should eat on camera. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think your cookies, I can't believe, I think that's, I think you've kind of, I think you've ended up with some MAGA conspiracy theory, surely. Are, are, you, are you Googling I'm now Googling now? this. Taylor Swift Biden cookies. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. Why no, are you all right? So then why aren't they digging into that data? Of oh, oh, I see. Not with his face on it, with the logo. Mm. Okay. Okay, sorry. I thought you were saying with his face on it. No, I, d I don't think she has that level of baking skills, but I don't know. Apparently she's often incorporated cookies and other baked goods into her public statements. Well, he did win, I suppose. Yes, but was it down to the cookies? Where's, where's the data on that? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of weird, isn't it? I, I think that the weirder thing is the... I mean, honestly, the conspiracy theory thing is just like mega weird. Yeah. I mean, just, just be honest about it, don't you think? Yes. I mean, for have a presidential candidate who endorses this sort of whole, you know. Yeah, it's, it's strange how quickly weird has I mean, he also back. called climate change a hoax, actually, but uh, sorry. I'm saying it's, it's weird how quickly weird has come back. I think after Trump lost the election in 2020, there was a sense of, Oh, what just happened? That was weird. Uh, can we just kind of pretend that never happened and, and carry on as we were before? And that's uh, that's completely gone out the window again, hasn't it? Could it happen here? 
I don't think to this quite the same extent. The scale of the conspiracy theory. Yeah, I don't know. I always used I mean, to... maybe that's far too complacent. Yeah, I, I, I never never used to think so because as um, as crazy as the press can be here, the broadcast media is so tightly regulated that it drags everything back towards the centre. But with social media and with you know, clips going viral that, that don't have to adhere to any kind of impartiality or fact-checking, and it's something we've talked about and looked at a lot, isn't it? It, it, it is more worrying the speed at which these ideas can take hold. But I'd also be interested in how often a non-voter or a swing voter's mind is changed by a celebrity endorsement. Because if you look at Hillary's campaign in 2016, yeah, it was the whole of Hollywood and the whole of mu- the music industry pretty much queued up to endorse her. And okay, so this is a historical question for our listeners. Mm. Is there a famous celebrity endorsement, either here or elsewhere, that has swung an election or made a big difference? Do you think Kenny Everett made a big difference? Well, they, I noticed that the people were talking about the Kenny Everett thing. I mean, no. What he said, bomb rusher and throw away Michael Foot's walking stick famously. Yes, yeah. And I don't know if they uh, attribute Thatcher's second term to I think Kenny I think Everett. I think they don't. Yeah, but I'll t- I tell you what would be interesting to get from people. Any, any examples of where you think it has worked? Just, I mean, obviously it doesn't win you the election, but I mean, even made a difference. Yeah. Have you got an example where it's made a difference to you personally? Or uh, have you got, just for fun, any weird examples of but- endorsements perhaps gone awry for us? Because it's also a dangerous thing for a celebrity, isn't it? Because you can really go off somebody when you know their beliefs. I mean, look at Morrissey. To the extent that if I ever hear a Smith song, I have to pretend it's someone different. I have to pretend that he was replaced by a, an imposter at some point in the 90s. Well, there you go. And people should email us, yeah? Yeah, so on, on any of those things, the email address is chat at cheerfulpodcast.com. And, and, you know, you are a Taylor Swift fan. I am. I have a little game for you. Yeah. Because oh, you're, yeah. you're also uh, a fan of another famous Taylor, Dennis Taylor, the snooker player. Yep. I'm going to uh, give you some facts and you can tell me whether it's uh, about Taylor Swift or, or Dennis Taylor. That's very... Taylor that's or Taylor? Very... Yeah, good, okay. Okay. Um, father was a truck driver from a family of seven siblings. Dennis. Yes. Tickets for one of their shows in 2022 <laughs> started at £119. <laughs> Swift. No, it's Dennis Taylor. Uh, it was um, like a dinner and um, evening with Dennis Taylor at the Damn. Withington Golf okay. Club. But there was a three-course okay. meal included and, okay. a, and okay. a photo with him. This okay. is such a good quiz. Yeah, yeah. go on. One out of two. Posted a social media photo of their best friend beating them at pool in 2014. Oh, now this could be a trick question, but I think it's Dennis. It's Taylor Swift. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. Their debut single reached number six yeah. in the UK charts. Dennis. Yes, with Snooker Loopy. Uh, whereas Taylor Swift's first single didn't chart here and the next one only got to uh, number 51. Such a good quiz, honestly. You just have massive points for this quiz. All right, I'll just, I'll just finish off with... Um, I've got three tweets here. You can tell me if you think yeah. they're by uh, Dennis Taylor or Taylor Swift. Yeah. Great to catch up with Paul Nicholas, Lionel Blair and Sheila Ferguson. Dennis. Yeah. Um Apparently, my only way of dealing with a remote control that isn't working right now is to bang it on the table and scream, Come on! Dennis. No, that's Taylor Swift. Oh, no. Is it three out of six? Yep. This is um, the big feather I get over 50%. Yeah, this, I is, fail. this is the last one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
someone using my account. I have nothing to do with any crypto investments. Sorry about that. Swift. No, that was Dennis Taylor, whose account was hacked, and people were posting about crypto. <laughs> Such a good quiz. <laughs> Honestly, you deserve massive points for that quiz. That's what your best quiz ever. Thank you so much. Do you think Biden should be chasing the Dennis Taylor endorsement? Definitely. Snooker loopy, not so we. <laughs> We've got some chatteroos, yeah? Yes, and the email address, as I said before, is chat at cheerfulpodcast.com. This one comes from the magnificently named Kings Ferno. Um, Do you think that's his real name? Well, I've got something slightly embarrassing to admit here. You know him? No, I don't know him, but um, I was so intrigued by the name, I I, uh, Googled him and I found a Facebook account, so yes, I think it is. Okay, that's a bit creepy. I I know it's creepy, I know it's creepy. Yeah, okay. Um, It says, Dearest Jeff and Ed... Uh, the order is to boost Jeff's self-confidence. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, Kings. Um, but how is your self-confidence doing as a result, Ed? It's, it's suffering. Yep. <laughs> um, please, 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 would you do your level best to comply with my wish for you to have a chatteroo with Robert Llewellyn? You could talk to him about his time as Crichton from Red Dwarf, but I think you'd be more interested in his work, uh, more than a decade on YouTube, posting videos and talking originally about electric cars, and now it's all about sustainable energy. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware of, you know, obviously from um, Red Dwarf, but I'm aware that he's been really good on this stuff for years and years. Um, King says he's inspirational, a great character, and would make for an entertaining episode. Hmm. He also asks, is it more likely to happen if I mention cold water swimming? <laughs> yes. Um, enforced selfies. Oh, yes. Or hamsters. Oh. Did you know that hamsters are banned in Hawaii, apparently? I mean, can that really be true? I don't know. We need an Ed Google here, don't we? Jeff is also allowed to Google. I know, but we, we like hearing the tip-tap tip. We like oh, I see. The, okay. Uh, Tic-tac-toe. Yeah, on your... Uh... Here we go. It's illegal to own pet hamsters in Hawaii. The climate is similar to hamsters' natural desert habitat, and agricultural and environmental officials have expressed concern that released or escaped hamsters could establish wild colonies and damage crops and native plants and animals. I, mean, I feel this is a moment to talk about Flacco the Owl. Yes, this was an article oh, you sent me this week. This is, such a, this is also for the New York Times. I do read other publications. But honestly, this is about Flacco the Owl, who escaped from a New York zoo and has been at large for a year. And they were really worried that Flacco 
wouldn't make it, but he's he is he's he's surviving. He spent a large time in, amount of time in Central Park. He seems to have moved on. Um, he seems to have regurgitated some rat fur, which is a good sign uh, because it shows that he ate a rat and is able to operate on his own. I mean, there's plenty of them. There's, there's no scarcity of, of rats. Exactly. The the official rat catcher, Rat Czar, I think as they're known, was quoted in the um, uh, the New York Times. I, I, what is it about me that I really like these stories? I don't know. It's it's, it's a real um, it's a real inspiring story, isn't it? Of is it Fal- Flacco or Flaco? I see. You're just basically you're saying my pronunciation is wrong. Oh, I've got no so idea. What, what did you call him? No, I called him Flacco, but I think you're probably right, Flaco. I've I've got no idea. I mean, it was one C, isn't it? But it's, it's an inspiring story of him breaking for freedom, and now he's living this wonderful life that many of us would like on the Isle of Manhattan, taking in all its delights. I mean, there's a very intriguing picture of him stand of standing of him <laughs> sort of sitting on the sidewalk, as the Americans would call it, next to a small cage with a policeman standing by him. I don't know whether you've seen this in the story. And I guess they were, that was the time when they were trying to take him back to his home. But they have sort of gave, then gave up on that. Mm, I think it's oh, my lo- goodness, there's a picture of him with a rat. Is it captioned, what happens next? Well, I guess. For a while, zoo workers tried to lure Flaco or Flacco back using traps based with dead rats, but he was unmoved. He learned to hunt on his own. The proof, a pellet of undigested rat fur and bone he coughed up one day. Central Park is indeed, as you said, Jeff, a target-rich environment. Well, if you can make it there. Uh, No, nothing. Nothing? The sex therapist, Dr. Ruth Westheimer, who was recently appointed as New York's loneliness ambassador, I mean, that is an extraordinary sentence, <laughs> lamented Flacco's fate. Flacco is limited in his choices by Mother Nature, she said in an email, though he's not giving up flying all over New York to find companionship. This is because there are no female Eurasian eagle owls, owls in New York, and so he has no potential mates. That's why, presumably, they consulted the sex therapist. Do you think we should take a Eurasian owl, female owl over there and, uh, and release that? Isn't that a bit of a dilemma? Because then you might have an owl explosion. Actually, I just hate to sort of be a down, downer here, but the streets pose an acute threat for Fl- Flaco or Flaco, who, with all of the cars and trucks, Gladys, a female Eurasian eagle owl who escaped from Minnesota Zoo in 2022, died a few weeks later after she was apparently hit by, by a vehicle. Well, there you go. Flaco, we salute you. Yeah, we do. Now. Now, this comes from Joanne Webster. It's just a question, but I thought it was worth answering. It says, hi, Jeff and Ed. Do either of you ever send handwritten letters? If you do, why? If not, why not? Do you miss getting them? I do, um, but only really condolence letters. I would like to. I used to, in my early 20s, be quite a prolific letter writer. Um, But, you know, life gets in the way, email and all that, text messages. But um, I I do like sending and receiving letters. I always send a postcard when I go on holiday. Really? Yeah. Although I've got a slight concern that it looks like you're showing off. Like, look I at me! Mean, I'm holiday. interested that you that people still send postcards. I think it's a nice thing to do, but I, I do worry about it looking ostentatious. No, I don't think so. Um, Next, Lily Louise, hi Ed and Jeff. As the subject line suggests, big thoughts on kindness. That is the subject line. I've had a lot of thoughts about kindness, and my colleagues are sick and tired of hearing this. I suspect it will eventually become an essay or a TED talk. Now, my thesis statement: kind is not the same thing as nice. Being nice to someone makes them feel good at the moment. Being kind shows you have their best interests at heart. In, in mind, sorry. This is true both in work circumstances and in personal relationships. 
A situationship is a great example where it might feel nice, but it's not very kind to anyone involved. What's a situationship? I don't know, actually. Likewise, holding back important feedback because it will be hard to receive doesn't actually help anyone. It's much kinder to give the difficult feedback and then to check how the person is feeling. Oh, here we go. A situationship is a romantic or sexual relationship that is not considered to be formal or established. So it's like, a, I guess, a no-strings-attached thing, non-exclusive thing. Are yeah. we in a situationship? <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely meet some of the criteria, but not... But only much. some of them. Uh, um, I've never heard that used. No, I haven't either. Well, I've learned a new word. I mean, do we agree with this email? That's the thing. Well, is, is um, Lily saying uh, some version of you've got to be cruel to be kind sometimes? In that, you know, you might have to deliver information or yeah, yeah. feedback or something in the moment. That that won't feel good, but it's valuable in the long run. Okay, but I don't think it's been kind. So do you think it's kinder to string somebody along then? No, but I just don't think it's being kind. It's like saying you can deliver difficult information to somebody and make them happy. Well, no, you're not making them happy, but you, you, it's value. Just Isn't that right? Yeah, but I'm a bit worried now that you've just ruined uh, Lily's TED Talk. Well, it's an interesting discussion. Yeah. I mean, cruel to be kind is a phrase. I just don't think it's kind, is it? Or at least not in the meaning of kind that I would think about. So is that to say some things can't be a kindness? What do you mean, some things? So, so, so I'm saying, so, so say, for example, you're delivering some bad work news well that's not going to be kindness no but th- this is this is the sort of situation i think lily's talking about isn't it where you need to kind of be honest with someone well it's honest and it's then that, the right and then that thing information to do is going to be useful to them in the future so inherently that that news or, or that criticism or whatever it is isn't the kindness but the the way you deliver it can be approached with kindness without oh, that's interesting w- without being insincere or or, or misleading I'm just looking at what the actual dictionary definition of kind is. Generous, helpful, and thinking about other people's feelings. Hmm. Well, I suppose you could be thinking about other people's feelings in the way you're... So you delivered a difficult message in a kind way. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I think. Thought-provoking email. Well, if the TED Talk happens, Lily, send us a link and we'll, we'll Yeah, and if anyone further. else got any further thoughts about kindness, let us know. Are you going to do Lorna Rousen? Yes, Lorna says, hello, Chatteroon team. That's Hi. Just That's yes, just me and Jeff. We, we are the team. It's a small yeah. team. Yeah. Can two people be a team? Three yeah. is a crowd. Two can definitely be a team. I was just listening to Chatteroon number nine, and I felt inspired, compelled even, to email in to say that the book swapping, printing out labels mm. website, I think Jeff was talking about, was called Book Crossing. Had a couple of other people um, uh, get in touch about oh. this as well. And she says it still exists. So what it is, is you print out a label, yeah. And put it in one of the books you leave somewhere, and the label's got a number on it. So the person who finds the book then logs it, um, and and it's described on their website as the world's biggest library. So you can see where this book that you've released into the wild, you can see where it travels, the journey That's it goes on. Such a good idea! I'm just looking. I'm going to do this. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I remember seeing it. I mean, it must be 20 years ago. It was when the internet was perhaps a slightly nicer place. So what happens? You leave it on a park bench or something because it's a picture of a bench. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? And inside you've put a label. How do people know? How do people find the label? Well, it's just there, you know. I guess you open the front page, and and there it is on the um uh, on the title page. And, and what does it say? That label and one, two, says, three, four, six, five, six, or something. So something like this book has been left by uh, Book Crossing with the world's biggest library. Log this number to let us know where you found it, or something like that. 
Yeah, so then they take it, and what happens then? Yeah, and well, then they read the book, and then when they're finished with it, they leave it somewhere else. Ah. Nice, right? Okay, maybe, okay, both you and I. Yes. Let's do this. Yeah. And next week, we should tell people where we left it. And you're not to use this as an excuse to get rid of unsold copies of your book. Well, I was about to say, <laughs> you read my mind. I mean, clearly that would be a good thing to do. Uh Gosh, I mean, I'm now... oh, maybe you are. It's no, good. I, I think I can't do that. Then I'd be upset if it got passed on too quickly. <laughs> is the is the objective to get it as far and wide as possible? I think so. It's sort of. I think the the big objective is is to fill the world with books and okay, and connect okay, people in the process of doing so. Can I just tell you something? I can't. I, it's so funny that we should have the having this conversation because I wasn't going to mention this, but I'm now going to mention it. And it's interalia. It's about David Runciman, but only interalia. Okay. Uh, so David Runciman did a really good essay on Virginia Woolf, A Room of One's Own, the book. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I've never read A Woman's a Room of One's Own. Anyway, I was at my mum's today and I was looking for something else. And I suddenly discovered a, book, a copy of A Room of One's Own by Virginia Woolf. And what does it say inside it? And this is a interesting sort of little story i'll tell you as to why i'm mentioning this october 1929 so it's 95 years old this book and it's signed ruth dalton ruth dalton was the wife of hugh dalton who was chancellor of the exchequer Uh and my mother came over to britain as a refugee and for reasons i can't i don't fully know Ruth Dalton sort of adopted her as a somebody without any parents here and so on. And they became incredibly close until the end of Ruth Dalton's life. Wow. So it's a sort of, I, I felt quite sort of emotional, actually. Suddenly, I just it literally just, it was in a drawer without any other books in it. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. Funny it's old a, story. I, I love it if I ever buy a secondhand book. and I know. There's, there's something know. jotted into it or people have scribbled in the margins. It's I also because I've, I've been wanting to read A Room of One's Own ever since the Ransom and Essay. Yeah. And, so, and I've been thinking, oh, I must get A Room of One's Own. And so here it is. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to also mention Zach Karimjee and Claire Nurk, who emailed to, to tell me about their RSPB Great Garden Birdwatch experiences, which are both very different to mine. Zach says, I was introduced to it for the first time by my partner, and we spent a hungover hour on Sunday morning watching birds with a sofa we put in front of the back door. We saw so many birds in the garden, it felt like they were putting on a show. It made me feel a lot more connected to nature and gave me a glimpse of the unseen natural world Aww. all around us, even in an urban area. And uh, and Claire wrote, literally on the first beat of the first minute of the counting hour, a sparrow hawk landed in the garden and frightened everything else away. I did recount a few hours later once they got over the fright. But how about that for timing? She said that I need to watch out for raptors. But you, you had no birds, though. No birds, but may- maybe a, a sparrow hawk had descended just before I looked out the window. Or more likely I, a cat. I haven't confessed this to you, but because it happened, and it happened some time ago, but I did have a slightly strange incident. I've had it happen twice now in the ponds where some kind of gull or duck started chasing me. (laughs) (laughs) You could normally swim past the ducks and they don't pay any attention to you. Honestly, this duck was quite aggressive. (laughs) 
And it was very strange because I would swim away from the duck and I'd look behind me and it was following me. And then I'd stop and look around and it would stop as if it was like nothing was happening and look sort of innocent. And then I would carry on swimming. Do you think I'm best paranoia? Well, I, I'll tell you what I do think is thank God that there's nobody with camera phones in those ponds. What, you think it would be like me being chased by the duck? What do you think if there's videos circulating of you being chased by a duck? It was a, honestly, it was a highly aggressive duck. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, any, if our listeners have any stories of aggressive birds. Yes. Geese can be quite aggressive, can't they? Oh, yeah, and swans will have your arm off. No, that's an exaggeration. I, uh, I, I, once, um, I once chased a pigeon out of a branch of Gale's Bakery, and I was very briefly a hero. I thought you were going to say a, a branch. I was sort of. I was thinking it was like literally a branch. No, no. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I took command of the situation, and uh, very very briefly, I commanded a lot of respect in that bakery. Did you make the local paper? No, <laughs> not that much respect. Right, I think that's quite enough, don't you think? Yeah, I do. The email address, as I mentioned before, is chat at cheerfulpodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, aggressive birds, acts of kindness, notable celebrities. Yeah, things you've seen scrawled in secondhand books. Whether you're all going to type part in book crossing. Do, are we serious about this book crossing thing? Yeah, definitely. Okay, but do I have to do it by next week? Yeah, I don't think you need to do much apart from just leave a book yeah. somewhere. Yeah, okay, that was just actually a rope dope question. <laughs> How are you enjoying shrinking? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> but sorry. But Kev, Kev your is back tomorrow. Yes. The final series. And is that in the UK as yes, well? Yes, it starts in the US tonight. Do they bring over a videotape like they did with that? Who Shot JR? exactly that, yeah. That's because, how it works, isn't it? Yeah, they've got somebody with a briefcase handcuffed to them. Yeah. All right, I'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.